This is The Vibe Guide. I'm your host and intuitive life coach, Caroline. This is a podcast around sharing inspiration, information, tips and tricks around spirituality, personal development, intuition, and much more. So join me and let's set the vibe. Hey guys, welcome back to The Vibe Guide. So this week's episode was inspired by this random Instagram video that I saw and I reposted and it was a snippet of an interview from Oprah and um, a woman named Jamie Kern Lima, which at the time I had no idea who she was. I just liked the video and she was talking about self-worth and I just liked the message. So I kind of reshared it and, you know, I reshared it and then I went about my day and then I thought, you know, like, I wonder who that was <laughs> in the video with Oprah. I had no idea, didn't recognize her face, anything. I was like, I don't know who that woman is. So I went back and I looked. And obviously, like I said, her name is Jamie Kern Lima. She is actually the founder of It Cosmetics. Um, and she now has kind of moved into like motivational speaker, author, that kind of world. Um, she started this, I kind of like looked her up and you know, went through her website and looked at her. Um, she has a video on her website, kind of just giving almost like a little about me. Um, and basically what I caught was that she used to be a news anchor for like a good portion of her life. And then um, she had, I think it was like rosacea or maybe just acne or bad skin or I can't remember, but she never felt really comfortable in front of the camera because of her skin. And so she developed this foundation that, um, you know, worked for her and her skin type and made her feel a little bit better about being in front of the camera and whatnot. And so her and her husband developed this foundation. And then that's what led to this brand being born it cosmetics. Um, and so over the years, they built the brand and then eventually L'Oreal bought them for like $1.2 billion or something like that. I don't know. Um, I've never used it cosmetics. Um, to be honest with you, I never thought it was. I don't know. That sounds awful, but I always thought it was kind of like in like a cheaper brand that I don't. I don't know. I've seen it, and I don't know for some reason the packaging or something like that. I was always kind of I've always bypassed it in like Sephora, and so now that I know who she is, I'm like, oh my gosh, Caroline, like. And I've seen makeup artists use it, ones that I follow that I really love, like Katie Jane Hughes. Um, if you're into beauty and you follow her on Instagram, she's the best. I learn all my tips and tricks from her. She's a makeup artist in New York. Um, anyway, she uses a lot of their foundations and stuff. So um, I've been like coming around and then I felt bad because I saw her interview and I was like, oh my gosh, Caroline, like stop judging products by their cover, okay? <laughs> But the packaging will do it to you. I mean, sometimes it looks kind of, you know, you got to be careful. I'm like very, I do like a lot of brand research before I put stuff on my face and on my skin because I'm so sensitive and, you know, I have to be mindful. So a lot of the cheaper stuff will break my skin out or give me kind of irritation or something like that. So anyways, a little bit of a rant on why I've never even used It Cosmetics, but now that I know her and her story, I'm like, oh, okay. So, yeah, just kind of um, looked her up, and I was really inspired by her story, and I think 
it kind of hit me right at a time that I was feeling, um, you know, if you follow me on Instagram or, you know, listen to the podcast, I've sort of gotten into a little bit more like beauty content, if you will, or like influencer, which I don't like that word. Like I'm not influencing people. I'm just sharing what I know and like what I love and products and tips and tricks that I use every day and like what I love. So if that's an influencer, I guess, I don't know. I'm not like pushing products. I could care less if you buy anything. I'm not into consumerism, but I'm just, you know, doing what gives me joy in life and makeup and hair and trying out fun new things and new tools and like all the things it really does make me happy. So I'm like, throw a video up and, you know, share it. Why not? (laughs) See what happens. So um, I've kind of started to do that, but I didn't want to lose. I didn't want it to turn into like this influencer, like consumerism situation. I didn't really want it to turn into that. So I kind of like put it on pause for a hot second because I was like, okay, how am I going to navigate this? Like, I don't want it to be like this classic influencer situation. Not that there's anything wrong with it, Um, It's just not for me. I don't, I'm not out here just trying to push products on people. So I just thought that video was interesting because her coming from the, you know, cosmetic background and then moving into motivational speaking and like she still kind of morphs the two into one because she loves both. I'm like, oh, well, ding, ding, ding. Hello. Like, of course you can still do your influence or your life coaching and being intuitive and sharing tips and tricks in that sense. And also doing your beauty things like you can do both you can do whatever you want you can make whatever videos you want you can be as creative and get information out on whatever you know platform you want so I just felt like this little video kind of like opened up and kind of set off a lot of like little dings in my life and I was like whoa okay you know thanks whoever put that little bug in my ear like of course I can do both like don't be silly like just keep doing what you're doing because you're in a really good space in life and you're really happy and really content. And I'm doing these, you know, beauty content videos on my days off. So, you know, if I'm doing it on my days off, I really love it because I'm not going to be wasting my time doing something that I don't love. I'm just not. And especially not on social media. And like, I'm not going to be doing that. So anyways, I just, it kind of opened up a lot. And so I also had a conversation with my mom about, like the shame that I've had to kind of work through and starting to post videos and um, kind of being, you know, labeled or if other people want to see me as like trying to be an influencer or whatever, and just kind of like working through that shame around really being into beauty and the beauty industry, because for a long time, I kind of, Oh, I got to sneeze. Oh, bless me. Um, being into makeup and hair and all that stuff, like it was never like I wasn't allowed to as a kid, but it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't really encouraged, I have to say, like, it was kind of just like, oh, here's an eyeshadow palette, like, go in your room and do whatever you want. You know, it was never, I don't know. And maybe that's just because I think like, this is a conversation I have with my mom is like, she grew up in Ireland, she grew up really modestly, and you don't bring attention to yourself. And if you do, that means you're really self absorbed. And, you know, it's not a good look. So this age of like influencing and being in your camera and in your phone and 
taking videos of yourself and putting on makeup and hair, like it can come across as very self-serving and self-absorbed and all those things. And, but it's like, for me, I know who I am at the core and I don't do it because I'm self-absorbed. I do it because I love makeup and hair and all the girly things. And I love sharing at the same time. And we all know that. So it's like, why wouldn't I? Like, it's kind of like a no brainer. So having to move through that little bit of like shame that I think has kind of been passed on to me from my mom, um, has just kind of been interesting. And, you know, watching that video and kind of like bringing up that conversation with her is like, she was kind of, she was totally on board and was like, yeah, like, you know, it would have been fine. It was fine for you to be into hair and makeup or whatever. And, you know, I'd go to my dad's mom's and she would put my hair in rollers and set me under her little hair dryer and let me play in her makeup and her perfume. And she'd take me shopping and take my pictures. And I just, I could not get enough of that shit. I loved it. So it was like, you know, the special thing that I have with my grandma and like my mom wasn't into any of that stuff at all. Like she puts hair oil in her hair now, which is a big jump for her. And she puts foundation on her face. <laughs> Like, that's it. That's all Hillary's doing, which is totally fine. Um, but she kind of agreed, like, you know, because sometimes when I put red lipstick on, my mom's like, whoa. Like, and I'm just like, why do you have to give that energy? Like, it's just red lipstick. Like, what is it? Why? You know, like, because it's not like a whoa, that looks really good. It's like, whoa, you look like a streetwalker. Like, that's her like her biases that she grew up with that she's familiar with. And it, so it was like having this conversation with her, she was like, Oh no, like you, that is very true that I can be that way. And you know, when you were little, if you had told me like you wanted to be an esthetician or get into makeup or cosmetology or do any of that, we probably would have been like, there's other options for you. Like, let's not go that route, you know, like be real, be realistic. So it was like those feelings that I had a shame and kind of, being a little embarrassed of being into the beauty industry and stuff, it was kind of warranted because having that conversation with my mom, I was like, yeah, okay, I didn't just make this up. And I'm not just feeling this because of like social media and what others think. It's like it came kind of internally from my own family from a young age. And so to have that really open and honest conversation with my mom, and it wasn't like I'm sitting here blaming her or whatever, it's just the way life is. And she had her own preconceived biases about that stuff. And then it was passed on to me. And now I'm like, yeah, it doesn't work for me. And so then to go back and have the conversation to clear it up, it's like, it just feels really healthy. And it feels really good, to be honest, to be able to have those really open and honest conversations with my mom. And so yeah, you see what happens when you just let things inspire you like that little video opened up so much. So I wanted to jump into self worth, because that's really at the core of like how far I've come and seeing that video set off another light bulb for me that that's really the piece that I've been working on for all these years. Because when I look back, it's like my self worth was so low. And I didn't realize that it was I had no idea I just kind of lumped self worth, self esteem, self confidence, like all together. And I always felt pretty confident, you know, and people would always tell me that, um, that's like what I exude, like confidence. And, but internally, I didn't feel that way. But it was also very elusive. Like I didn't know that I didn't feel that way. I just kind of went about life. And externally, I was very confident, but I was also relying on a lot of external things to make me happy and to make me feel worthy. And 
we know that that doesn't work. You know, the external things are very up and down and around and around and they don't stick. So you really have to be solid within yourself because the peaks and the valleys are going to come and go. So the video talking about self-worth and sharing what she shared, I just was like, okay, that's a lot of like in therapy and just doing a lot of this healing work. It's all very internal and it's all rooted in self-worth and it's all about building up your self-worth, but they don't sit there and say, okay, let's build up your self-worth today. You know, it's like you do these exercises and you journal and you learn more about yourself and your past and kind of put the dots together. And then just little by little, it's like your self-worth becomes more and more healthy. It gets to a healthy place and you don't even really realize it. And it's like, I didn't even realize that that's what it was until I watched this video. And I was like, oh my God, that's the key. That's it. Like, that's what's really, truly changed my life. So... In the video, she says, um, Jamie Kern Lima says, you know, when you change what you believe you're worthy of, you change your entire life. And that is very, very true. Um, And that's in every aspect of life. I think self-worth just seeps into every single thing. Relationships, career, friendships. Oh, my gosh. Literally everything. Your destiny, your fate, the choices that you're making. If you have a low sense of self-worth, you're not going to take risks. You're not going to put yourself out there. You're going to constantly belittle yourself and and make yourself feel unworthy of the things that you have the absolute potential to do. So there's a lot of pieces that go into self-worth and how it can potentially, you know, keep you from living your best life, to be honest. And... So I really understood what she was saying in the video. And she she also shared some statistics that were pretty jarring. Like I knew these things firsthand because I've experienced them, but I didn't realize so many other women besides imposter syndrome. I knew about imposter syndrome because I caught that drift when I started my business consultancy and it was a whole group of women and every single person, every single woman dealt with imposter syndrome, every single one. So in a sense, it made me feel better because I was like, okay, well, I'm not the only one. But then I was also like, this is so sad. Like, why do women, why do we do this to ourselves? Like, we downplay ourselves so much. So I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know where it comes from and why it's women. I mean, men definitely have it as well, but it's not as prevalent. Or maybe they just don't admit it. Maybe in like the research that they get these statistics, maybe men just are too proudful proudful that's not a word prideful like they won't even admit it I don't know (laughs) who knows but she says 75% of CEOs which is women women CEOs deal with imposter syndrome 80% of women feel not enough which how sad is that 91% of women don't love their bodies like those statistics are really sad and I've definitely been there done that and I can't say that I've never felt not enough per se, but I've, I have to say I've been lumped into that of like, well, I could never do that. Or, you know, you kind of just talk yourself down out of a lot. Like it showed up for me a lot in the life coaching when I started my own business. And I just felt like this, you know, the not enough and the imposter syndrome kind of 
lumped in together for me. And it was really the imposter syndrome was like, who am I to tell people or to give people advice or, you know, be a life coach when I look at my life, like I'm broke up with my boyfriend, I'm living in France, I'm still living with him, I haven't even moved out. You know, I made this choice to move all the way over here. I have no job. Like, what am I doing? (laughs) You know, I'm over here just like meditating every day. Like, what am I going to tell people? I don't know. (laughs) That's what I felt like. Um, So it took me a minute to kind of, and I really learned this through the business consultancy because it wasn't just about business. It was about, you know, healing your subconscious mind and getting in a lot deeper. It's not just about business. And so um, I learned that a lot of the things that held me back in that capacity and made me feel not enough or like I needed to have certifications and I needed this and that in order to you know, put myself out into the world as a life coach. It was like, I needed that little certification that says I'm a professional life coach. And it was like, why did I need that? You know, it's not like you have to have it. It's not like nursing where you have to have a license. It's not, it's life coaching. It's really more about if you have the skill set to actively listen to people, you can be a life coach because you know what? Not everybody has that skill and it's incredibly difficult. So you know, just learning these little bits and pieces, like, innately, I have certain characteristics that would lend well to life coaching. It's like, I didn't need the certification. And then it was funny enough, because I did the certification. And then I just was kind of put off by the whole thing. And I was like, I'm not I don't feel like the way they do it and the way they teach you, which is like the gold standard or whatever. I'm like, I don't like it. I get that, like, the structure of it was helpful. But it was like, you don't give any, anything about yourself, you you know, like as from a life coach perspective, you don't give anything about yourself, you don't relate to them, you don't, like, you just don't even, you don't relate to your client, like on any level like that, like you don't have a conversation like that. And I just felt like, okay, no, no, I've had therapists that have said, Oh, I totally know what you mean. Like, I've had a similar experience. Do they go all into the nitty gritty of their experience? No, because then that takes away from my time. In my experience, but to have someone say like, oh, I know what you mean. I totally understand. I've had something similar or, you know, in my experience, I looked at it from this lens. And, you know, when people go, when you have a conversation like that with someone, it's not about taking over the session. It's about relating to them and letting them know that you're not the only person in the room or the world, you're not alone in this, like, it's okay. And sometimes that can really shift a lot for people. Because sometimes we do feel like we're the only person that's ever gone through something, because it's new for us. So it was just funny to me. And it like clicked, I was like, yeah, I don't need these certifications. Like, what am I? (laughs) Really, Caroline, like, you're great, just as you are. Like, that's exactly what people want. They want you, they don't want like, this structured, you know, exactly by the book, timed out by the minute, life coaching session. They want it because they like you and they like your energy and they want advice from you, you know, like they want to be heard by you and seen by you and validated by you, you know, in order to do the work internally. Like, that's what it is. And I just was like, oh my gosh. Okay, like, of course I can do this. This is silly. Of course I can, because you know what? I might be one step ahead of the person behind me that signs up for a life coaching session. And that's all it is. Like, I might just be one little step in front of them. Like, who cares? 
You know, it's like I can teach them to get to the step that I'm at, period. Like, you don't have to be master guru, life coach of the century in order to be a life coach. You just don't. And so that was a big piece of imposter syndrome. And then being in a group of women, some of these women were, you know, making six figures and kind of way above the rest, if you will. And the they weren't questioning themselves. They were like putting out their packages marketing themselves like of course you need this like of course this is going to change your life like no doubt in their minds like it changed mine period if you don't want it okay if you do welcome to a new world friend you know like it was that kind of energy the the women that were making six figures they were not shy about you know they believed in themselves they believed in their product they believed in what they were promoting and they knew it was going to change people's lives and it did you know so that's the difference. Like it's, it really, it's really internal. It's an internal job and having the external validation is nice and all, but if you don't have that internal barometer going off, like, you know, not just in, you know, my example of life coaching, it's everything. It's going to affect everything. So I wanted to discuss the difference and kind of get into the definitions of it all, you guys, and talk about self-worth, self-esteem and self-confidence um, because, There are major differences between the three and I didn't even realize that. So first your self-worth, it comes from within. So it's really deep-rooted internal um, beliefs of worthiness, of love, respect, you know, regardless of anything. You know, it's not external. It's not even like you make a mistake. It's just even if you do make a mistake, you still love yourself for it. And it's okay. You know, that's self-worth. Self-esteem, it stems from more of the external factors like approval or how well you perform at things. It's very similar to self-confidence and self-confidence is the belief in yourself and your abilities, your qualities and, you know, your own judgments about things. So self-worth is, is an internal job, like I said. It's, it's all inward, whereas self-esteem and self-confidence kind of ebb and flow off the external factors. So um, I guess as an example, it's like winning – Winning an award, that kind of boosts your self-esteem, your self-confidence, whereas advocating for yourself in relationships or forgiving yourself builds self-worth. So I hope that makes it a little clearer. Like they're very different. And like I said before, it was very elusive to me. I kind of lumped them all together. I, I didn't even put much thought into it. I didn't even know that that's what was lacking in my life. So just learning the definition of these three things and hearing those statistics and you know, I shared with you guys, like kind of some of my experiences, and I'm looking back and thinking like, wow, my self worth was, it was it take, you know, it took a beating for a lot of my life. And I think I'm just now kind of unwrapping the why and in therapy, you know, and the situation that you guys know about, if you listen to this podcast with my family, when I got back from Europe, um, I think that was like a test for me as far as like how far my self-worth had really grown because I was faced with a really ugly, nasty situation. And there were a lot of words that were said to me that really made me feel really like it almost makes me tear up now because it was so hurtful. um, Some of the things that were said to me and from different family members and I just... 
in an already really awful situation where, I'll, you know, I wasn't perfect in it. And I was carrying around guilt and shame for how I responded and reacted, you know, at certain points in the situation. And then to have family members tell you certain things that you know are not true. And to have to put it into perspective, like that is their perspective of me. And I'm sorry that maybe they have that perception of me. But internally, my self worth, like who I am at the core, I know I'm none of those things that they're saying. I know that. And there are times in my life where I've acted out or reacted or said things and been hurtful and, you know, manipulative and nasty and rude and selfish or like who isn't, you know, we're human beings. And so that situation, I think, was a massive test for me. And so for me to cut off family members, it just made me feel safe and it made me feel like, okay, this is my like, this is the line, I'm not going to be treated like this, period. It's even it's deeper than it just being about my dog. It's much deeper than that. And I'm not going to be spoken to in that way. Just because I was asking questions and trying to get to the bottom of a situation like I'm not going to go there with anyone anymore. And talking with my therapist around the same time, and really diving deep into how that really was hurtful for me and really devastating and really just burnt me to my core. You know, thank God I was in therapy and I had a therapist tell me like basically holding holding the line for my self-worth. Like do not let that in. Do not let them win. You know who you are at your core no matter what goes on externally. And what people might say about you, you know who you are, and you know that you are imperfect, and you still love yourself. And that's how it should be. Because your family members are not perfect either. And they shouldn't hold you to this insane standard that they can't even hold themselves to. Right? So stay in your power, like hold, literally, I remember him kind of saying that just like hold the line, hold yourself up. You know, don't you don't have to just dismiss everything anyone is saying, you know, you could take a look at it and see if there are aspects of it that are true um, and work through that. You don't have to hold shame about it. You don't have to get upset about it. It's just you can choose what you want to take from other people's opinions if there are people that really matter to you. For me, there were elements of truth, but the way that it was you know, shared with me was meant to inflict pain. And so that I just can't get behind. And that was like the I was like, I can't do this. I'm not. I'm down to have conversations and to be open. And maybe they don't know that part about me because I haven't always been like this. And that's fine. But the door wasn't even opened. Um, in that capacity, it was a lot of, I could feel the anger, I could feel that that was not going to be the case. Um, so anyways, I just, you get tested. And if you don't have that foundation, that healthy self worth, something like that, that happened, you know, a few, six months ago, I mean, that would have put anybody's confidence and self worth into the ground, the things that I was told, I was just like, holy shit, 
Holy shit. Like that is fucking mean, man. Like, wow. Like that's what we're on right now. Like that's the kind of energy like, and if I didn't have, if I hadn't been working on myself for so long, like something like that would have really stuck with me, would have really affected me as a human being for a long time. You know, it's not these small little things. And especially when it comes from family, like that shit's deep and that hurts. So I'm just really grateful and I'm really proud of myself for getting into therapy all those years ago and to, you know, the first sign, and I've talked about this before that I knew something was off, but I had no idea what it was like. I was dating these really toxic men, like really nasty men that like literally treated me like the dirt on the bottom of their shoe. And I was just all here for it. And getting into therapy in my early 20s, regardless of what, you know, anyone would say about it, you know, I had a psychology degree. So, you know, my parents weren't all about therapy, never been to therapy. They've, if anything, they shit on therapy and say, who was a psychologist to tell me X, Y, and Z? What do they know? Blah, blah, blah. Like that kind of energy. But I was just going for it because I knew I needed help. And I knew I didn't want to live that life. And I knew that there was, it was me. I'm picking these guys, but like, I don't understand why. I don't know what is going on. I need help. You know, so in my early 20s, I started to break that down. And then it just started a journey for the next 15 years of, I still dated assholes, but it got shorter and shorter and shorter until I hit this point in my, must've been 29, 30 maybe. And I had my first really healthy relationship and that was with my ex and that's who I moved to France for. And it was a really magical time and it really showed me how low I, I, thought of myself to let these men treat me so poorly for so long and then to have this relationship because I'd been doing all this work on myself and you know I'm turning 30 and it's like I just had enough and took time for myself went to Hawaii and then boom you know you meet someone who has the qualities that you want in a partner and a boyfriend you know, he ticked all the boxes and it was like, whoa, okay, it does exist. Okay, like I'm writing out these lists forever because he's hitting all of it that I've asked for, you know, and it just made me feel it made me feel really good for once. And to, you know, have moments where I was imperfect. And he was imperfect, but we still loved each other through it. And we showed up for each other regardless. And we forgave each other. And we had open conversations. And, you know, it just was like a healthy dynamic until it wasn't and it was time to go separate ways. And even in that, that was the healthiest breakup I've ever had in my life. And it just goes to show you that when you start to do the work, it makes a big difference. Um, So those were just some of my examples. I feel like I'm droning on about my examples. But I just feel like real life is really the biggest teacher. And like I said, just me kind of doing the work along the way, like self-worth was kind of elusive and it just happened to get healthier and healthier and healthier for me. And I didn't even realize until I was faced with a situation that it was like, oh, you want to treat me like that? No. You want to say things like that about me? No. I'm not here for it. Say it on your own time. Like I'm not going to be around for that period, you know, like until that kind of situation, I was like, Ooh, okay. 
damn, I really have been doing something over here. <laughs> so um, I just wanted to share a few points that um, that I thought about that I wrote out on how to improve and, and to get a healthy balance of self-worth. And the first thing is obviously acknowledging it, like acknowledging where you are in the process is a big piece. Acknowledging those negative thoughts, like our inner self-critic is huge with self-worth. And we can really downplay ourselves a lot. And so kind of just if you feel yourself or sense yourself doing that, it's like acknowledging it and changing the narrative. Um, That kind of rolls into another thing that I wrote down, which was, um, you know, practice positive affirmations. So this is really helpful in acknowledging your negative thoughts and acknowledging yourself critic, because when you feel yourself doing it, because for a long time, I didn't even realize I was doing it. And then I had a few people like in my life be like, wow, like, don't be so negative or, you know, would say things to me like that. And I'd be like, oh, I didn't even know. I didn't think I was being negative or complaining or whatever. But I was like a massive one of those. And so now I'm aware of it. And I can, I hear it in my own head. And so I really try and switch the narrative. And I have a lot of positive affirmations. And one that's my favorite is I'm strong. And I'm capable of whatever life throws at me because being a nurse and being in that world, like you have no idea what's going to happen when you walk to the door. So you really have to hold yourself together. Um, and especially in this new position where I'm a charge nurse and I'm the manager on the floor and I'm, I'm pretty much the top person at the clinic on a day-to-day basis, unless the facility administrator is there. So it's like, I really have to go in positive and I have to keep myself at a certain standard and keep my emotions in check and set the tone for the room. Um, because, you know, there's 16 patients that rely on me and there's four other employees that rely on me. So that's a big one for me. Like I am capable of anything that's thrown at me and time and time and time and time and time again, I proved that, um, especially in my career, like, you know, as a nurse, I don't have any doubt in my ability. I don't have, you know, my self-confidence in being a nurse is, very high. And that's just from going to a school that trained me very well, having really tough experiences as a nurse and getting through them and coming out the other side. Um, So it just kind of comes with time, but the positive affirmations and the subconscious reprogrammings as well. I do a lot of meditation. Um, You can Google subconscious reprogrammings on whatever you feel like you need to maybe reprogram. But through the business consultancy, I started, she had a lot of pre-recorded subconscious reprogrammings on like your self-esteem and your self-worth and, you know, around money and all these meditations that kind of get into your subconscious and you kind of rewire your brain in that way. So those are really, really, really important. If you're into meditation, if you're into that, you can kind of Google them and, and find ones on your own. Um, Another piece is nurture your relationships, um, and especially the first being with yourself. So nurture the relationship with yourself. And this rolls into another piece that I had written down, which is love your shadow self. This was a huge turning point for me is when I started to do shadow work, I had no idea even what it was, it just kind of showed up in my life. And I just trusted the journey and I started doing it. And through that, and at the same time, I had had an intuitive life coach, so I was kind of speaking with her about it. And she was like, wow, that's really great, like that you're doing that, you know, how do you feel? And I just was kind of like, I don't know how I feel. I feel like, I feel embarrassed. and I feel ashamed that I have these sides of myself and that, you know, all this emotion is coming up around 
these past experiences that I've had where I've been just a terrible person and I don't like going back through it. And she's like, well, that's the point. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, you have to love yourself through those experiences where you were embarrassed, where you were ashamed, where you wanted to hide that part of yourself and you couldn't and it just came out and you can't take it back and it's out in the universe and people know that about you. She's like, though, that's the biggest part. Like that's the piece you have to love hardest. You have to love it the most and just accept it and just try and do better. And I was like, okay, all right, got it. Noted. And since then, it's like, I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed. Do I try and be less reactive and less impulsive and, you know, less blunt in my delivery? And yeah, I do. Am I perfect? Hell no, I'm not. But I'm also not going to beat myself up for years like I used to about certain instances and things that have happened. I'm not going to do it um, because I'm just trying to do the best that I can. So that's a big piece, like nurture your relationship with yourself. Nurture your external relationships, you know, make sure you're having people in your life that are boosting you up. Don't li- or limit the amount of time that you're around people that bring you down, because it's very true. And I'm at the point in my life, I guess, because my self worth is at a really healthy place. Like I have no problems, peace. Toodaloo. No problem at all. And I'm telling you what, it's quick too. I'm, it is quick with me now. Like I Unless you can prove to me that you're, you know, someone else is working on themselves or they've made some changes and, you know, doing the work. Yeah, like, okay, maybe it's not a complete X out of my life, but you kind of just know, like, I have that inner sense. I trust my intuition when it comes to that. And I know I can feel it in my bones when it's time to move on. And I do pull the trigger, have a nice life. And I truly mean it. I'm not saying that passive aggressively. I wish you all the best from the deepest part of my heart. I really do. I appreciate how far we've come like as friends or whatever it looks like. And it's just time for us to part ways. You know, doesn't mean you're never going to be friends again, or you're never going to speak to your family again or whatever. But like right now, no, it's have, you know, have have a nice life. Gotta go. Because I'm rolling in some other some other energy that you're not rolling in and you're bringing me down. So I got to go. Um, no problems in doing that now. So um, recognize all your wins, no matter how small. That's a big one. The smallest, smallest, smallest things. I worked out for 15 minutes yesterday. And I was like, girl, can't nobody tell you nothing. <laughs> I worked out for 15 minutes. Okay. Um, reframe your comparison. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Stop it. Stop it right now. Do not compare yourself to other people. And with the social media world, we all do it. But every time I catch myself doing that, looking at like this girl's, you know, she's living her best life in Bali or like whatever, you know, a piece of me is like, damn it. Like, I want that. (laughs) But then I stop myself and I just think about my own journey and I'm like, look how far I've come. Who knows what's in store for me? But like, from 13 to 33 like come on now girl come on like you don't need to compare to anybody else because look at all the growth and the evolution you've had so stop comparing yourself to other people's journeys and their timelines and stop doing it you know and we all do it it's just about kind of catching yourself and that acknowledgement that we do it and just okay 
you know, you tried it, but let's focus on ourselves. <laughs> let's focus on our own growth and our own, you know, evolution and how far we've come. So um, those are just some of the things that I've done, which I didn't even really realize that I've done over the years that have really helped me get to a healthy place with my self-worth. Journaling is just massive. I can't say enough about journaling and meditation. The subconscious reprogramming is like really getting in there to those bits and pieces that you don't even think are there, but they definitely are. And they're definitely motivating you or keeping you small or keeping you held back or keeping you held down and lowering your potential. Um, So overall, I just, I hope this helps. And I hope this explains the difference between self-esteem, self-worth and self-confidence because they're all kind of linked, but they're all very different. And so I really wanted that to come across in this episode because I think it made the biggest difference for me just learning the definitions of those. And I was like, oh, okay, now it makes sense. So, you know, I'm just at a place now where I'm really happy. I'm content. I know my worth. Um, I know I'm not going to diminish myself for anyone or anything ever again. I don't care about other people's opinions and what they have to say to a certain extent. I think caring can be healthy, you know, if the other person is kind and respectful and has something that they want to bring to your attention. Cool. Um, otherwise, it's I don't even see it. I don't care. Um, you know, make sure you guys are putting yourself out there and, and following your dreams and not selling yourself short. Um, I kind of wanted to end on this quote because I thought it was really appropriate. <laughs> and it really hit me. So it says, we don't become what we want. We become what we believe we're worthy of. So we don't become what we want. We we become what we believe we're worthy of. And I cannot tell you how true that is. So ladies, gentlemen, all my listeners, start working on your self-worth. Start that journey. And if you're kind of in the middle of it, keep going. And I just wanted to say that anyone listening to this, you are enough just as you are, period, end of story, full stop. Okay. So I hope this lands with you guys. I hope it helps. You guys know how to find me. I'm on Instagram at Caroline Penix. More than welcome to email me. Um, my website is carolinepenix.com for my coaching. So check it out. And I hope you guys have an amazing week. And we'll chat soon. Bye, guys. <laughs>